on the prequel to the 27th episode, we're learning about Point of View and previewing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, welcome back to the prequel to the 27th episode of this film, Is Lit. It's the very beginning of our journey into the world of Harry Potter. We're going to preview the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone for the rest of the world other than America, <laughs> which we'll talk about. I have yes. a, a movie fact about that, which is interesting. I have a book fact about that. There you go. But first, we're going to learn. It's a little micro learning things with this film is lit. A mini, a mini episode of it. A mini segment. We're going to talk about point of view. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Yeah, I just just want to talk about it a little bit. So the Harry Potter series is told in third-person limited point of view. This has come up before in the podcast. We've used it as an example. So third-person point of view tells stories in the he, she, etc. voice. So instead of reading, I got on the train and went to Hogwarts, it reads, he got on the train and went to Hogwarts, right? right? Third person is sometimes described as a narrator or sometimes as a god voice, because in a lot of stories, when authors use third-person point of view, um, the narrator does seem like a god of sorts. Omniscient. Yeah, omniscient. Third-person omniscient. They have all the knowledge of all the goings-on within the world of the story. Like you said, it's called omniscient, third-person point of view. Omniscient just means all-knowing. Yes. For anybody who isn't aware. But Harry Potter books are in third-person limited. So even though the story isn't told in the I did this, I did that voice, we're still limited to one character, Harry. It's kind of like the stories are told from a video camera that's sitting on his shoulder, right? Yeah. We're tied to his point of view. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, and I could be wrong about this, I could be misremembering, but off the top of my head, I think the books only leave his perspective two times, Throughout the entire series. Wow, that I, when you were just saying that we're always on his thing, I'm like, that's not always. There are times where we. So yeah, I, like I, off the top of my head, I could think of two times. One is the very first chapter of the first book, obviously, right? Where we're we're kind of in like um, Uncle Vernon's yeah. point of view. Yeah, basically, it's yeah. Uncle Vernon's point of view. Um, which we haven't met Harry yet, so no. technically we're not leaving his perspective right. at that leaving, point. No. We haven't even gotten there. Um, the other time that I thought of is the first chapter of the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, but yeah, but it also turns it's out to be a dream right. that he's having, yeah. or dream slash vision, I guess. Yeah. Um, so whether or not we've actually left his point of view is kind of debatable. Right. Yeah. And for just a reminder for people who don't remember, the first chapter of the Goblet of Fire is uh, when. We go to the Riddle Estate, yes, and see uh, uh, the the old caretaker. The old caretaker get killed by yeah. Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah, by yeah. Voldemort, yeah. by so, the snake. Right, but yeah. I so think. initially, that yeah. seems like it's not from Harry, but yeah. It, and then he wakes up in the next chapter, right? And it was a nightmare or a dream he had, or vision, whatever. And a legilimens and or whatever that were. <laughs> yeah, Boy, we're gonna I have, forgot so um, many things about this. We're going to have fun pronouncing things That's as true. we make our way through this That's series. That's true. There's so many, it, like, 
There's I, so many things that, like, I feel like I think I know how to pronounce, yeah. but I'm probably wrong. It was That was probably the most striking thing about seeing the movie for the first time, mm-hmm. was seeing how things were pronounced. Yeah. Not, like, because the, the world looked like how I imagined it, the characters looked vaguely like how mm-hmm. I imagined them, or not vaguely, like, pretty much spot on, relatively speaking. But, like, for one, if you asked me how Hermione oh. was pronounced... It, I, the first time I read this book, uh, I, we can. This will be fun. Well, how did you pronounce it in your head? Hermione. Yes, that is exactly how I pronounced it when and I then read. My mom was like, "It's Hermione," <laughs> and I was like, oh. "No, I don't think I don't think you're right. I'm pretty sure it's Hermione." <laughs> and I remember going, "That's a weird name," <laughs> like as a child. Yeah, Hermione. Yeah, not. It's just not an American name, like, that nobody over here has. No, um, and she's named for, I believe, named for a character from one of Shakespeare's yeah. lesser known, A Winter's Tale, yeah. has a character named Hermione. But yeah, there are lots of names like that. that... Yeah. Oof. And, Hag- uh, Hagrid, even? It was, he <laughs> yeah. was always Hag- Hagrid when I read it. It was Hagrid, <laughs> not Hagrid. But yeah, names and um, names of spells... Yeah. Things like that. We'll probably we might uh, stumble through those a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, so anyway, point of view. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I wanted to talk about the type of point of view used in Harry Potter is because Rowling uses it to achieve a particular specific effect mm-hmm. throughout all of the books, and it's not something that I noticed as a kid. Okay. But I'm not sure if I noticed it until two English degrees and a lot of my own writing later. Now I'm like, aha, I see what you did there. Right. So we're going to no, we're going to come back to this in the main episode. This is our quasi homework assignment. Um, If you're reading along with us, pay attention to that third person limited perspective and see if you can figure out what Rowling is trying to achieve by using that. And if we want to talk about what the movie did to achieve a similar effect, hmm. too, in the main episode, we can do we that can do as that. well. I'm going to have to figure out what it is she did. <laughs> I'm about 50 pages in right now, and I'm not sure if I'm... Hmm, I'm not, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. I hadn't thought... I, hadn't, you know, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, so I hadn't thought about it yet as I've been reading. But. Well, I don't know if it'll blow your mind, but I think it's I'm not really saying cool it's going to blow my mind. Yeah. I'm a writer. No, I'm, I'm a saying, nerd. I wasn't expecting it to blow my mind or anything, but i just wondering what it could be. Interesting. Cool. I like this homework. But now, we're going to preview Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the book. Did you ever make anything happen? Anything you couldn't explain? You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Tell us some fun facts that everybody already knows about J.K. I know. Rowling. I, <laughs> I was going through searching on the internet and I was like, there is nothing that I can include in this that people don't already know. So yeah. Wait I, did you know she was poor before? She- <laughs> what really? So yeah, so I, ba- I basically I limited it to the stuff that people seem to find the most interesting right. about the whole story. Maybe so people haven't heard. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe there's somebody out here who doesn't know some of this stuff. So the book was first published in the United Kingdom, 1990, 1997. Mm-hmm. I was but a wee lass. Yeah, 1997. Nine. Well, I was nine. I was eight. Yeah, that was the year I turned eight. 
Um, it got picked up in America, 1998, mm-hmm. um, under the title Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. That's different the- from the British title, which is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. So uh, the reason that they did that, Scholastic thought that a child would not want to read a book with the word philosopher Philosopher. in the title, which may or may not be true of American children. I don't know. Yeah, I I think the bigger thing is that it it, is it wasn't it or uh, isn't another part of it that. In America, like the idea of a philosopher's stone isn't something that most people had heard of, maybe. Probably Whereas that's not. more of a yeah. part of mytho, like yeah, it, it is like, like English part myths of, and like yeah, English mythology. Um, I, I think maybe I, I, I was there, wondering. If, uh, if I don't that, know. Maybe. I would have to double check it, but I think that might be an element of maybe like a thir- Arthurian legend or yeah. Something see, that's like what that. it seemed like to me. Like that's something that they would be more cultu- culturally familiar with, right. and so seeing philosopher stones like a thing they kind of yeah. know of. Whereas for us, it's like what is that? Yeah. So sorcerer at least implies magic to us, right? You're you're getting um, a little bit of a taste of what the book is going to right. be about by changing it to sorcerer's stone. Rowling would later say that she regretted that change yeah. and wished that she had stood her ground a little bit more on that. Yeah, but she that, was a first-time author. They should have. I mean, it, I, I think it would have been fine. But I, I think it probably would have been, too. But, yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? Um, another change that was made when uh, American publishers picked up the book, and I had not noticed this. It's been years since I read the first book. Um, but... In that first book, they changed all of the British English mums to moms, mm-hmm. and then uh, in subsequent books, right? They... And yeah, in subsequent books, it's changed back to mum. Yeah, M U M as yeah. opposed to the American M O M. Yeah, no, and I, I was reading um, the scene where he gets on the Hogwarts Express, and I noticed that the Weasleys were all calling their mom. Mom, mom and not yeah. mom and I was like, wait a minute! I know they say <laughs> yeah, mom they in the other say books. Mom later. So that's, I, that's funny. yeah, I got up and I checked my uh, trusty copy of the Chamber of Secrets, and sure enough, yeah, I learned more about British English from reading these books. It, like, I was like, what's a, a like? I remember that I think that was my first encounter with the word row, as, as, but mm. not row, row, as yeah. in like a fight, yeah, like a quarrel. And, and and I always said row, and then I think yeah. it's row actually. But one that always perplexed me was jumper. Yeah, for sweater for like sweater because I went to Catholic school mm-hmm. as a kid, and a, to me a jumper was like a dress right. that you wore as part of your uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so most of the early reviews were favorable. Mm-hmm. Um, people commented on Rowling's imagination, her humor her style, and the clever plot construction. A few people did complain that the final chapters seemed rushed. Hmm. I haven't gotten there yet, so maybe I'll give that another look. Yeah, I'll give it a... I'll think about it as I finish it up. Certainly didn't mind it as a kid, but... No, I noticed uh, on mine, you're you're the binding for your third book, and we've talked about how many times we've read these throughout our life. Oh, it's destroyed. But your third book's completely falling apart. It's like in two pieces. And then I I was just looking at my, my first one, and it's not falling apart, but the the binding is needs some help. <laughs> yeah, your your first one's a little worse for the wear. My first one's okay because I actually bought it years later. I always had a paperback copy of yeah. the first book, and that one I have it somewhere, and it is utterly destroyed. It's in a sad state. We'll have to share. Uh, it's pretty funny. I and I just noticed and looked too in my first book in the Sorcerer's Stone. 
the first page. It's my mom got it for me for my twelfth. I got it in two thousand, mm-hmm. but she signed it and it says like "Happy Birthday." Aww. And it has my mom's name. Yeah, cute. So back to reviews. Rowling's writing and storytelling abilities were also compared to Jane Austen, hmm. Roald Dahl, and the ancient Greek storyteller Homer. Those were the three people that um, interesting that critics mainly drew comparisons to. I've never read any Austen. I don't think maybe one, like in high school, but I have. They was it was this just sexism? Was it like it's no, a it's I a don't, I don't good female so. author? Um, <laughs> it's like I mean, Jane Austen, maybe to some extent, <laughs> but um, we can't think of another female author. <laughs> I think the the comparison to Roald Dahl might be more knee jerk than the comparison to Austin. Yeah, I also don't get the Roald Dahl and uh, having because not really they're children. Read. They're both children's yeah, children. fantasy stories. Yeah. I could see the comparison to Austin in the point of view thing that I was talking right. about because Austin uses point of view similarly. She uses the limited third person mm-hmm. um, to achieve a very similar, similar. effect in mm-hmm. some of her stories. Um, other than that, I don't know. I would have to go and look specifically at what they said about how her writing compares to Austen, and I haven't read a ton yeah. of Austen, so... Last time, when we were doing uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, we talked a little bit about banned books. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This, <laughs> this is... Oh, boy. I forgot about this. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, uh, this book and its subsequent mm-hmm. um, follow-up books have been attacked by some religious groups. Yeah, mostly and religious groups. banned in some places mm-hmm. um, because of accusations that the novels promote witchcraft yeah. under the guise of a heroic moral story. So there's that. Yep. Yeah, I remember that that was a whole big deal. Yeah, that was uh, a thing. See, I never. See, I always went to public school, and my parents are real chill. And all my family was cool, so like that was never a thing that I dealt with or like even experienced. Yeah. First person, I just heard. You know, I remember seeing it on like the news or hearing about it. My mom didn't care. Yeah, that, and my mom read them too. Yeah. actually. Yeah, um, my mom did too, as I read them. Which uh, my mom never really had. She never really tried to control what I was reading, which yeah. is interesting because she did try to control what I watched on TV. Yeah, my mom did. Too. Yeah, it was the same for Hi, my mom. Parents. Thanks, yeah. mom. Yeah, my, mom, <laughs> my parents were the same way. There are a lot of movies that I haven't seen. Mm. Um. Yeah, that was the original <laughs> idea for this yeah. podcast. That <laughs> <laughs> never saw the light of day. But uh, I, I mentioned earlier I did attend Catholic school K through eight. And I, I could be misremembering this incident as more than what it was. But Our minds are wont to do that with memories. I That's- do recall that when I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, maybe, there was a, a kind of a, a push to have the Harry Potter books taken out of our little school library. Hmm. Similarly, because of accusations of witchcraft, witchcraft, the school also wouldn't let us come dressed as occult characters on (laughs) Halloween, so that's what we're working with here. (laughs) So I remember there being like a little bit of a push for that, and at around the same time, we were having the Scholastic Book Fair, which the school makes money off of. Oh, yeah. Book fairs are where it's at. And I remember... There was one teacher 
who went to bat for all of us <laughs> and like marched to the principal's office and was like, you cannot take those books out of the library and simultaneously profit off of them. Yeah. Because they were selling them at the book oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. And there was, from what I remember, no more mention of it after that. Go. So that, un that unnamed hero <laughs> of a teacher. So back to the book. Mm hmm. Rowling has said that this first novel took her about five years to write, and that the idea came from a sudden stroke of inspiration, stating, One weekend after flat hunting, I took the train back to London on my own, and the idea for Harry Potter fell into my head. A scrawny, little, black-haired, bespectacled boy became more and more of a wizard to me. I began to write The Philosopher's Stone that very evening although the first couple of pages looked nothing like the finished product. And like we mentioned earlier, before Harry Potter, Rowling was a very poor, single mother living on state welfare. She's now one of the wealthiest people in the in world. The entire world yeah. She's currently worth about $650 million. Yeah. She was a billionaire, but she lost her billionaire status because she gave so much money to charity. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the the thing about her having been poor, that's that's something that comes up a lot, especially in writerly circles. Yeah. That idea that, like, look, you could be the next J.K. Rowling. It could happen to you. It could be anyone. But, of course, you have to actually write something. Yeah. So. Yeah. I also think, I just want to correct, I don't think uh, being slightly over, having slightly over a billion dollars, I don't think that would put her even remotely amongst the richest people in the world. But. I would I could be wrong about that, but I think I don't even know if she'd break the top hundred with like a billion or two dollars. Oh, I don't know. That's I don't just know. What I read I'm just, on the internet. I just oh, it's possible. <laughs> I, when you say richest people in the world, I'm sure she's up in the top. Yeah, or was at least up in the top. You know, couple hundred or something. But I don't. I don't know. I would have a feeling that it's maybe not. I don't know. I could be wrong. Even at her peak wealth, J.K. Rowling didn't crack the top one thousand richest people in the world. But she is, according to Forbes, as of 2017, the highest paid author in the world, making roughly $95 million a year. And so the last thing that I want to mention, and a lot of people know this one too, um, before getting picked up by British publisher Bloomsbury, Harry Potter was rejected by not one, not two, but 12 different publishers. <sighs> and how would you like to be one right? of those guys? You just, you hate to see it. <laughs> That's like, how many of those 12 people still have their job? Right. <laughs> but like, it was imagine like seeing the book come out and it's like, you know, it goes on the bestseller list immediately, international bestseller list immediately. And they're like, is that sounds for J.K. Rowling? Wasn't she in here a couple months ago trying to sell us that book? And the guy who turned her away is like, oh, no, no, no mm -mm. definitely mm -mm. not. Nope. Totally mm -mm. did not. I don't know what not. you're talking mm -mm. about. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, expelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. I think it is clear that we can expect great things from you. Alright, so the film came out in 2001. Uh, just four years after the book came out. Three years after the American release of the book. I remember that being the first movie that I was, like, painfully excited for yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Like, the anticipation yeah. of that movie. 
Yeah, because I probably read the book in 99 or two. Well, my copy says 2000, but I, it's a chance I read it before that. Mm-hmm. Like, a, But I doubt it. So I probably read it in 2000. So I, like it came out like the next year. And yeah, I remember being very excited about all of the movies. Uh, so yeah, 2001, uh, directed by Chris Columbus. Uh, most known for probably would be writing uh, both Gremlins and The Goonies. Mm. And directing both Home Alone, well, Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. As well as Miss Doubtfire and a handful of other things, but... Very well-known sort of, like, family-slash-children's movie yeah. director, Feel writer, good, producer. good, warm, and fuzzy. Yeah. Oh, maybe not as much with Gremlins, but yeah. <laughs> in general. Uh, so, uh, Steven Spielberg was initially negotiated with to direct the film, uh, but he uh, ended up declining the offer. Like, they offered him, hmm. hey, he's like, nah. Well, he's Spielberg, so I guess he doesn't feel too bad about that. No, no, but... he, yeah, he's, he's fine. <laughs> he's, he's fine. He's doing all right. Yeah. And, I mean, Chris Columbus ended up only directing the first two films. Yeah. I think by design. I don't think that was, like, a we want somebody, not, like, these are bad or, like, they just, by design, were like, you're going to do the first two and then we're going to start getting new different people. I mean, and the the, the movies needed to grow up the same way that the books were doing. Which they do. It's very interesting watching the movies and how much they change. Oh, I can't. Although five through seven, or five, five, six, seven, one, and two are all directed by David Yates. So they're all the same director, so they're kind of similar. But at that point, mm-hmm. they're also kind of all the 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 tone by five, right? The end of four, yeah. really. But from the end of four, even four might even be David Yates. I'm not even sure, but uh, I know he did five, six, seven, both parts of seven, and he's doing he's currently doing the uh, Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. And same guy has directed all of those. Interesting. I think his name's David Yates. No, but I'm I'm excited to talk about Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's very interesting. Boy, yeah, because, well, I, we'll get to him as we get to him, but I, I had my experience of watching these films and which ones I liked more than others and was very interesting, we'll mm-hmm. say. Uh, Rowling demanded that the principal cast all be British, mm-hmm. uh, at least for the characters where it made sense. Obviously, some of the characters are Scottish, some are, you know, mm-hmm. w- whatever, but like she wanted, she didn't want um, non-British actors. So she was being very xenophobic. <laughs> <laughs> typecasting only British people. She probably just didn't want them to cast Americans. I know. I think uh, she's a uh, Britain first. She probably <laughs> uh, spouting that about. Uh, so some of the other directors they considered uh, before eventually going with Chris Columbus uh, included Terry Gilliam, Rob Reiner, who we talked about. He directed Princess Bride mm-hmm. and M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Well, that would have been interesting. There was a handful of other ones. Uh, I mean, there is a, a twist at the end. Yeah, what a twist. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is. There is a twist. It is a mystery. They are kind of mysteries, Yeah, they basically. are. Um, but so eventually they narrowed it down into a handful of directors, including Columbus, uh, Terry Gilliam, and a few other people. J.K. Rowling wanted Terry Gilliam. One, probably because he's British. Chris Columbus is American. I'm mm-hmm. like 99% sure. Um Terry Gilliam uh, was a, an original member of uh, Monty Python. Yes. Uh, he's also famous for directing Brazil, Time Bandits, and 12 Monkeys are probably his three most popular movies. He's directed a handful of other ones. Uh, but that's who she wanted. And I can definitely see why she would want Terry Gilliam. He is mm-hmm. a very, if you've seen any Terry Gilliam films, he's a very particular vision. Mm-hmm. And he's very into like magic realism. And he's, his movies are very quirky. Mm. And, and interesting in a way that Chris Columbus's movies aren't, um, which we, we which we get more of as we sort of move on, like with uh-huh. Alfonso Cuarón in the yeah, third one. Yeah, uh, definitely more of a style to it than yes. the first two, which 
again, we'll talk about whether or not I think I liked that. We'll we'll get there. Um, in retrospect, I liked the third one a lot more than I did when I first saw it. But so yeah, uh, Terry Gilliam it was who she wanted. I think it would have been interesting. I'm glad it wasn't him. I actually think Chris mm-hmm. Columbus was probably the right choice, just because I don't think it needed, especially the first movie or but two. Those first two, they are they are family friendly kid adventure stories, yes. and that's what the first two books are. Yes. And and it doesn't. The world is magical and interesting enough without bringing a lot of style from yeah. the director. I don't yeah. think you needed to, th- especially in the first movie or two, you're already setting up this whole world. You don't need to, like, put a spin on it yet. Yeah. I don't think. Like, your own sort of directorial spin, which uh, Ter- Terry Gilliam definitely would have done. Uh, not to mention Terry Gilliam now is a shithead, but that's a whole other thing for another time. <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't direct it because now he's... Kind of an old cranky white guy. Mm. So it was uh, the the film was adapted by Steve Cloves. He ended up adapting like all of them. He worked on the screenplay for like every movie and even including uh, Fantastic Beasts currently. So this is fun. Rowling said she admitted that she was really ready to hate this Steve Cloves, but recalled her initial meeting with him. First time I met him, he said to me, "You know who my favorite character is?" And I thought, "You're gonna say Ron. I know you're gonna say Ron." But he said Hermione, and I kind of just melted. <laughs> <laughs> and also Rowling J.K. Rowling did receive a large amount of creative control in the mm-hmm. fil- in all of the films and it, at least in the first two that was something that Chris Columbus had no problem with he was like yeah it's your yeah you know, I defer to you in all things pretty much uh, I want to bring your vision to life um, obviously everybody knows John Williams composed the score mm-hmm. uh, we, we've played the music throughout it's probably playing at times throughout this current episode uh, Hedwig's theme Actually, I don't think originally was from what it sounded like wasn't meant to be like the theme. Mm-hmm. But when he wrote it and played it for people, they liked it so much that they were like, "We should just make that like kind of the." Yeah. Hence, why I think it's called Hedwig's theme, but is actually sort of like the theme of all the. <laughs> the it's the theme of the universe at this point. Yes, like, yes. I, they still use it in the Fantastic Beasts movies. So uh, the casting process. There's a million documentaries you can go watch about Hulk and behind the scenes about how they cast these kids. And I go into. But what is interesting is that they're all essentially the right age to play mm-hmm. they are the you know there's no uh, no dawson's casting in this one um the oldest one at the time of filming was rupert grant and he was like i think he might have turned 12 during filming mm-hmm. so it probably filmed in like 99 2000 and he was born in 88 so he was 12 uh rupert grant was 11 and emma not rupert grant um daniel radcliffe was 11 and emma watson was a little 10 or 11 they were mm-hmm. all you know 10 to 12 during yeah, the so first movie so that's exactly right the, yeah the right age so this is Speaking of the Philosopher's Stone, obviously the movie in America is the Sorcerer's Stone because the book is the Sorcerer's right, Stone. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of the world, not just England, the rest of the world, it's the Philosopher's Stone. So this is fun. We tend to do that, don't yeah. we? Yeah. But this is fun. They shot every scene where they say the Sorcerer's Stone two times. Oh, God. Once with the Philosopher's Stone and once with the Sorcerer's Stone. So uh. the American version of the film is every you know every time they say it it's it's the sorcerer so much i don't even know i assume the soundbite i use must be from the is that she says sorcerer's stone right in the soundbite for uh oh that was we that in the book the, i think she might say philosophy she might stone, so i might have yeah. pulled the british one and you not might've. even thought about it um but anyways i'll i'll, I'll check that I'll i'm drop fine it. with it i'll drop it right here <laughs> Nicholas flamel is the only known maker of the philosopher's stone the what <laughs> Honestly, don't you two read? Now we know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also want to know, I don't know how many times, I know it's mentioned at least once or twice in the books after the first one, 
like the Philosopher's mm-hmm. Stone is brought up again, or the Sorcerer's mm-hmm. Stone is brought up again a couple times here and there for certain reasons. Um, and I wonder if it ever is in any of the movies after that, and if they would have done thus done the same thing and, hmm. and reshot or shot those scenes twice. Anyways, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting thing to try to catch yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and then final thing, though this is interesting, uh, it's a... It's a change we can discuss. I guess it's not really super important, but kind of. Radcliffe was initially meant to wear green contact lenses. Hmm. Because Daniel Radcliffe has blue eyes. Right. And uh, his eyes in the book are a plot point. Yes. His eyes being emerald green or, you know, very uh, vividly green is a mentioned and repeatedly mentioned thing. And so, yeah, he was supposed to wear contact lenses. They messed with his eyes. Like, he couldn't Hmm. wear them. Like, they just irritated his eyes too much. And eventually, uh, Columbus was discussing it with J.K. Rowling, and she was like, it's fine, he can just have blue eyes. So I assume, and now, I, I, I don't remember, it's been a while since I've seen the movies, they don't they don't discuss the fact of the color of his eyes in the movies, I would imagine, from what I recollect. Like, they don't go, he has blue eyes, just no. like his mother, <laughs> like or, or, what, or father. They, or I mean, they do say that... Uh, that's a, like a repeated thing in the books and the movies, that he has his mother's eyes. I don't think they... They probably just don't mention the color, the color yeah. in the movies. And I wonder if the actress who plays his mom has blue eyes or if they like Photoshop, like, you know, CG'd him or I don't know. I, I was just, yeah, because it was just interesting because, yeah, the, he just has blue eyes and they, yeah. that's just how they did it from the movies. So that's a change, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get more into the actual episode. <laughs> Right, we have a final segment. So we're going to do something that I thought would be fun. Yeah. And we might um, continue doing this type of thing in the prequel episodes yeah. for the different books. We're going to take a very accurate and highly scientific <laughs> BuzzFeed quiz. Yes, we are. To find out what house, what houses we are in. Yeah, we're going to sort ourselves yes. via BuzzFeed. Now, I have done the Pottermore sorting twice, which is I, the official one. <laughs> I did it, and I don't remember what I got. I, I did it when it first came out, and I'm like 99% sure I got Ravenclaw. And then I did it recently, like a year or two ago, for some reason. I don't remember why. Like, they relaunched it or something, mm-hmm. and I just got an email or something. And I was like, eh, and I, I resorted, and I got Slytherin that time, so... At least I never got help. I've <laughs> I've long considered myself a Gryffindor. Like growing up, yeah, I considered myself a Gryffindor. Now I would probably consider myself more of a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I probably like identified with Gryffindor just because you're meant yeah. to. Yeah, but um, as you read the books, it's sort of like you know the self insert like you know, right. I'm a Gryffindor. But yeah, I, I think if I I was probably I would probably be Ravenclaw. So, and I was, like I said, the first time I think I was sorted. So, let's do this Buzz, <laughs> this BuzzFeed uh, quiz by Mackenzie Cruvant. I'm sure she's um, a Harry I, Potter expert. I'm, yes, I'm sure she is. All right, first question. Pick a candy. It's not a question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first item on our list. Yeah. Pick a candy. Our options are chocolate frogs, birdie bots, every flavor beans, Honeydukes Sherbert Lemons and Fizzy Wizzy. I don't remember Fizzy Wizzy. I don't remember what Fizzy Wizzy is either. Is that not, isn't there one that's called like, uh, there's ones that make you fly, hover. Uh, 
I thought those, you, I thought those were uh, fizzing whiz bangs or something. Yeah, is like that, that what right? these are maybe supposed that, to be? And maybe they, that is. That, is are, are, did what we capture? Means. Did we catch a mistake in the first <laughs> question of this super accurate BuzzFeed quiz? Super accurate and highly scientific. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. Well, I, my inclination is chocolate frogs or sherbet lemons because fizzy wizzy. I I won't deign answering that. <laughs> Wrong. I, I unless I'm misremembering, but that I don't yeah. remember that. I don't remember that either. Unless it's like a nickname or something. I, I'm gonna go with chocolate frogs. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with sherbet lemons. Okay. I like fruity candies. Yeah, I like chocolate, and I like I used to like trading cards when I was a kid, so mm. I could see that being a thing. All right. Second question. Pick a pet. What? Th- these are. This is the worst. <laughs> L- listen to this. Pick a pet. A lizard? No, nope. Frog. You can have a frog. You can't have a lizard. I misspoke here and meant toad instead of frog. I apologize. Frogs are amphibians. They are not lizards. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think this is just the list of pets, and not like right specifically I, pets you can bring to Hogwarts. Why is an owl not on this list? I don't know. Okay, this is the worst quiz ever. <laughs> I, I just. Googled it, picked one. I'm just. Oh, you can I'm take it up with Mackenzie. Or really you message her. Making me angry. Pick a pet: a lizard, a dog, a cat, a ferret. It's a cat for both of us. I'm just gonna. Go All right, on one. fine. Right? I mean, you pick whatever you want. Oh no, okay, your yeah. dog maybe. maybe. No, I'll, I'll go with cat. We have two here. Yeah. that's one for each of us. There you go. Pick a class: charms, potions, history of magic. Transfiguration. This one's really easy for me. Okay. It's charms. It's not even close. All right, I'll go with transfiguration. That's, that's the only one that's close. It's transfiguration, but charms, come on. That's that's like the actual magic. Transfiguration True, yeah. is like, oh, I turned a teacup into a mouse, or vice versa. You could turn yourself into an animal. Sure, but you don't get to do that until like your seventh year, and even then it's like all super regulated and dumb. Like Charm's like the second day in class just making shit fly around the room. Like it's a way better class. I would turn our cat into a teacup. <laughs> Next question. If your friend cheated on a test, you would dot 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 offer to help them study for the next one. Offer to let them cheat off you for next time. Boy, I wonder which ones these correspond to. <laughs> Tell on them, that's not fair. And ignore it. Well, wait, which ones ignore it? I don't feel like any of the houses fit into that. I feel like that's Hufflepuff because they couldn't come up with a better <laughs> answer. Yeah. Like a better, like, maybe nah, maybe tell on them that's not fair is Hufflepuff. And ignore it's Gryffindor. Because they ignored some... Gryffindor is like doing, too busy doing their own thing. rule breakers. Yeah, and they're a bit of rule breakers, but they're saying, yeah. Like, eh. If I'm being honest, I would probably ignore it, but... I might offer to help them study for the next one, depending on the friend. Oh, that's fair. I would, yeah, I would too. I would, I would definitely offer to help. I would ignore it if it, yeah, it would depend. Like, if it's, it does say friend, it doesn't say a classmate. Right. Like, if it was just a classmate and I saw him cheating, I would just ignore it. But if it was a friend, I would offer to help them. Definitely wouldn't tell. No. Not a narc. No. (laughs) Ain't no narcs in this house. (laughs) Pick a color. Pink, purple, white, or orange? I mean, at least they made it. I'll give them credit for this question. It, it would be very obvious if they had picked yeah. certain colors. It's but Purposefully excluding house colors here. Yeah. For me, it comes down to either white or orange. And now I'll also argue with the fact that white isn't a color. But 
I do like orange, but I'm also a fan of white in things. I like white as a sort of a, an aesthetic, like I like it as an accent mm-hmm. on like with other colors. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably go with white, even though I mean, it's your not, favorite color is not on here. Yeah, gray's not on here. So, <laughs> and I'm gonna argue that gray is not a color. It's not. It's also a tint of, uh, <laughs> or it's a tint of white. Yeah. So yeah, it's dark it's, white. Yeah, it's a tint of white. Or a or a shade of no, a shade of white or a tint of black. I can't remember my my art his, or my art class knowledge is failing me. What are you going with? I'm gonna go with pink. All right, all right. Next question: If you could only do one thing for the rest of your life, you would dot 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 explore the world, start your own company, stay in school forever. You can never learn too much, right? Start a family ASAP. Well, I wonder which one is the Ravenclaw right? choice. And it's not the one I would pick. Although at the same time, I identify with it. I like learning, but it's still not the yeah. one I would pick of those. I don't, it's it's the only one thing for the rest of your life thing yeah. that gives me pause. Because yeah. like, if I had the money, I would just keep going back and getting degrees because why not? Yeah. But the for me, the, man, the explore the world is... Yeah. That's something... If I, if I could only do one right, of those I think that's what I would go with because, I mean, that's that's endless. There's always somewhere yeah, there's new always to explore, new to see. at least in one lifetime. Yeah, and, and what's to say you couldn't learn things? You mean you're learning things yeah. while you're? It's not like, yeah. yeah, I'm going with explore the world. Me too. Also, because start your own company for the rest of your life doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you just keep starting your own. <laughs> Neither company to start over. a family by you, that logic. You never get to. You never get to. You never get to see the company through. You just keep starting new ones over and over. That's oh, that makes that makes start a family really dark. Yeah, then, right? like, do they just keep dying and yeah. you have to keep starting over? Yeah. Wow, Mackenzie. Yeah. Getting dark up in here. Okay. And I've actually done one of those. I have started my own company, so <laughs> I already got that one checked off the list. <laughs> All right, pick a redhead. Yeah. Our choices are Arthur, Fred, Ron, and Ginny. Obviously, all the Weasleys. Yeah. I'm inclined to go with Jenny because I know I had a crush on her when I was reading the books. <laughs> but it's not Ron. Ron's boring. I, I can never remember the difference between Fred and George. Which one dies? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to go with Jenny. All right. I'll go with Arthur. All right. If you were going on vacation, you would go to London, the wilderness, home to my family, the beach. I'm going to go with the wilderness. I'd go to London. I like visiting big cities. That's my, I enjoy that. I like trees. I mean, I like, yeah, I have no problem. I was a Boy Scout. I've camped my fair share. But if I, if I had to pick between those, I'd much rather visit a cool big city. I like trees being people. It's <laughs> <That's> fair. <laughs> Your Patronus would be a panther, fox, hedgehog, or cat. Why do they have panther and cat? I know they're not the same thing, <laughs> but it just seems like such a strange... Uh, I don't... Take it up with Mackenzie. I'm expecting you to write her. As soon as we're finished here, to tell her all the issues you have with yeah, this quiz. Yeah, I have so many issues. I, mine would probably be a panther, I feel like, or a cat. Um, but my m- one of my cats is a panther. So True. He, <laughs> I'm has, a, go he with has a small panther. I'm going to go with fox. It's one yeah, of my favorite animals. Fox. 
A chaser on your Quidditch team drops the quaffle, and there's no way they will be able to recover it. You, dot, 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 get frustrated and yell at them. Let it go. You win some, you lose some. Be aggressive, be passive aggressive about it after the game. Try to fight the referee on it? What does that even mean? Like, like to contest their call, I would assume. But it's not a call if somebody drops the quaffle. That's just... They, you, well, I don't know. That's like... It doesn't even make sense. It's like, it's like if if they, if they called a penalty on one of your players. I'll right, tell you what, you can pick the quiz I, next I time. Am, this lady, whoever, is, is no idea. We'll make what sure not with. to get another one by Mackenzie. Try to fight the referee on what? Oh, your teammate dropped the ball. Ref, come on. <laughs> what? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I, I would do none of these. Yeah, there's not an option for I don't give a shit because I'm not competitive. Well, I'm competitive. I'm very competitive. But my answer would be if they dropped. There's also not the explanation. Does this mean we lost the game? I'm assuming because but that's not on here because why why would I get why would I be passive aggressive about it after the game? What if we ended up winning and it was one play that didn't really matter? Well, let's assume that you lost because, because of, of this, this play. Yeah. I would get frustrated and yell at them. Okay. I would let it go because that's closest to I don't care. Yeah. I, again, that's not what I would do. I like cuz I'm 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 competitive, but I'm also a good sport and I'm a good teammate. I feel like uh-huh. when I know the people <laughs> when they're assholes <laughs> on the internet, maybe not so much. <laughs> All right, your turn. All right. On a Saturday night, you can be found at the movies or a concert, staying in with friends, bar hopping, or sleeping. Staying in with friends. I mean, yeah, if we're being honest. I mean, sometimes (laughs) we we do. (laughs) Bar hopping, sure, occasionally, you know, once a month maybe or so, but like most of the time, yeah, staying in. Staying in. And we go to the movies on Tuesdays because we're cheap. Sleeping. Yeah. There's only oh, that's the last one. Last one yeah. All right, last question. Your mom sends you a holler for something you didn't do wrong. You dot 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 feel bad that you upset her. Are embarrassed that everyone heard, but don't really care that she's mad. Write her back to let her know she's wrong. Say she's crazy, and you're obviously right. I- well, I would write her back to let her know she's wrong. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably what I would do. I'd be like, no, what? I, these questions are so strange. I'm going to go write her back to tell her no, she's wrong. Because, oh, all right, well. <laughs> <laughs> we have our results. Yeah, we do have our results. I will say that this is what I got on Pottermore last time. So, I got Slytherin. Well, I got Gryffindor. There you go. Does this mean we can't date anymore? No, Slytherin and Gryffindor can date. <laughs> I think. <right? laughs> it probably happens. I'm sure it happens. Yeah. You're always ahead of the pack. You know what is cool before it. This is not me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what is cool before anyone else knows, and you're happy to be the trendsetter. This is not. Nope. You're smart and ambitious. Sure. And not afraid to put your all in. That's nope. (laughs) You're destined for greatness, and you deserve it because you're one of a kind. I I don't feel like this accurately reflected (laughs) me. You have the heart of a lion. True. You never give up, never back down, and give everything 100%. Not necessarily true. Good things happen to you because you fight for them. You stand up for yourself and for your friends because you believe in what is right. That's mostly true. Your energy is magnetic and makes you a natural leader. I wouldn't say that's true. (laughs) I don't really care enough to be a leader. I can lead, but I'm not... Yeah, I bet I don't care. I'm pretty like 99% sure I got 
Slytherin because I answered Panther on that one. <laughs> I'm like nine. I'm like 99% sure if I just put cat, I would have been like Ravenclaw. <laughs> we should have done the Pottermore one. At least it's like the that actual... one is so long though. No, it's, it's not much longer than that. It's like I 20 rem- questions. I remember it being really long. No, I don't remember. I don't remember it being that long, but I could be wrong. Maybe we'll do that at some point. Yeah, well, maybe, I mean, maybe we can do it uh, off air and then. Yeah, we'll do that on our own time and report back to yeah, you guys. Report back and see if it chimes, if it if it goes with the our our, our very accurate yeah. and highly scientific BuzzFeed quiz, painstakingly crafted by Mackenzie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for the prequel to the twenty seventh episode. Next week, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. We do are planning, hoping. It's currently the plan to have a special segment with a special guest voice. Um, they won't be on the podcast per se, but there will be a guest. Uh, a guest recording. A guest recording <laughs> uh, segment that is going to uh, play the role of the non-book reader. Mm. Not play the role. It is, right, is we, somebody uh, who hasn't read the book. We searched and we found someone who's never read the books. Any of them. So and he's married to uh, one of the biggest Harry Potter fans I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, he'll be on. Uh, it's one. It's I don't know why I'm dancing around. It's my best friend. One of my best friends from college. Uh, his name's Trevor. Uh, he's a radio DJ. <laughs> he's yeah, got so, a good. He's good. So at, you'll get to hear some yeah. really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really good radio voice. He's half of up. a morning show, a drive time uh, classic. Uh, drive time on a classic rock station. Uh, he's a very talented individual, and yes, he's seen all the movies. Um, because of his wife, mm. I'm sure. Uh, but he has never read any of the books, and I remember him being very confused at times when we were watching the movies, because we saw at least <laughs> the last few of them probably together in theaters uh-huh. during college. I would I think the timing about is yeah. about right on yeah. that. Because like, the last one came out in like, 2011. The last 2011. one came out my senior year. Yeah. So go out and watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. If you're not going to read it, at least go watch it. Uh, it's on sci-fi right now. They're playing them all the time. I don't know. We've been seeing commercials when we've been watching TV mm-hmm. saying, hey, Harry Potter's on right now. Always. Yeah, sci-fi is real happy to have gotten the, the rights to Harry Potter. Yeah. So it's good timing for us that it's being rebroadcast constantly on TV currently. So uh, I'm super excited. I'm I, I When I set back in or when I sat down and started reading this, it was like a wave of childhood yeah. rushing over me yeah. of sitting in my bedroom reading Harry Potter like every summer for 10 years or something like that so I'm excited to, to begin this journey and to eventually finish it uh, six months from now <laughs> or whenever this, <laughs> whenever this ends but uh, until that time keep reading books keep watching movies and keep being awesome